Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Welcome back to the Boiling Point, Alexia. Thanks, Greg. Well, really, um, it's certainly been a while since we've seen each other in person. Uh, and uh, Dave and I used to be in, in regular touch with you, uh, you know, as co-chairs of the United Way campaign. But, you know, um, we miss you a little bit. And we just wanted to pull you back in since since our uh, tenure was uh, was up and, and see how things are going, especially during the pandemic. And, you know, talk about the resilience of the United Way in St. John, how you guys have continued to to give back and make impact. And so there's no, there, there's like no preamble here at all. Greg's just like jumping right Jump in. in. That's like we're not, good. We're not going to welcome guests or anything. You don't even need an introduction to Alexia because she's, she's part of the, part of the family, Dave. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> and Alexia, welcome back to the voting point. Thanks. It's nice to be back. So, so, but you got to be honest. I mean, you probably are missing us a bit as those, those really organized, um, <laughs> co-chairs of the campaign, you know, who remembered exactly what we were supposed to do at any given time <laughs> and have to ask you, what are we doing on this podcast again? And she's yeah, really happy. That like we, we, we reverted back to that old role we have where we said, and then you said, well, here's what we talked about talking about. And it was like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why you, you're, you're so yeah. perfect for, for, I wrote it down. Yeah. I write stuff down. I just have trouble finding it sometimes. Yeah. You're always supposed to surround yourself with people who compliment you, right? So that's why we work together so well, I think. But how did we compliment you? Yes. Oh, please. well, I think I think that there was lots of ideas, lots of energy. So I definitely think there uh, there was no no shortage of ways that we complimented one another. Yeah, you guys for for sure brought some energy and fun to the United Way and brought lots of people into the fold through your own network. So yeah, for sure. That so was I know uh, that Nancy is going to do an amazing job or is doing an amazing job. Um, you know, filling our very small boots. Dave. <laughs> uh, she, she's going to rock it this year. And uh, yeah. And, you know, just, you know, pers- on a personal level, I like, you know, not being in the, in the internal fold much anymore. I'd love to hear how, how things are going. Yeah. It's, it certainly has been an interesting year. As, as you know, this is my, Uh, me stepping into the role as executive director. I'm not even, I guess, I'm just a year into that role. So it's been a very interesting year to take on the the leadership of this organization. But um, I am consistently, I've said this before the pandemic, and I know I'll continue to say it long after the pandemic, that I'm consistently impressed with the generosity of this community in particular, um, so we stretch, you know, fr- from St. John to Charlotte County and, and on to, uh, to Kings County as well. And that's the thing that I found. We have been surprised again and again this year by workplace campaigns and individuals and companies that have come forward um, to support the campaign that we just really didn't expect. Uh, we just had a really great results back from Wyndham, for example, which, you know, has been really hard hit during this pandemic. And we, we, you know, we really, you know, we were trying to meet people where they are and make our, keep our expectations reasonable. And they absolutely blew their campaign out of the water. They doubled their number of donors this year, increased it by about over 5,000. 
And, and we've seen that, you know, in probably a dozen workplaces actually where um, the St. Johners and the Charlotte County uh, people and the Kings County people have continued to step up. And I think because people that are working are feeling very fortunate to be, to have a job, to have an income coming in. And for a lot of people, it also means that they have a little more money in their bank accounts because they're not traveling. They're not uh, driving to work, lots of them, or paying for childcare, all these other expenses. So I think people who can really are stepping up and filling in the gaps for people who can't. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, a big thing just on the fundraising side, because that's kind of where you guys came in. But also what I'm seeing on the funded partner side and the community side is, once again, our community's ability to step in and fill in the gaps and really work together in a way that I haven't seen us working together before. People, the community neighborhood associations all coming together, you know, in the heart of the pandemic to, to provide the emergency food program, but even the continued partnerships that are happening, the continued improvements that we're seeing. I was chatting with uh, Beamy Kids uh, this last week before we went into Orange and they were talking about some of the pivots and changes that they've made. And one of the things they've always done is a big breakfast. It's kind of the heart of their program on Saturday. Um, they've had to change and send people home with a continental breakfast, but the families are actually loving it because they can take that continental breakfast and stretch it for days instead of just getting one meal. And so those are the types of things I think that, that not only are showing the resiliency of the organization and the resilience of the people they serve, but also the fact that we can do things better and we can do things differently. And there's lots of lots and lots of silver linings to this uh, pandemic cloud. That's incredible. The, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it is a natural law, isn't it? That, uh, you know, innovation comes out of, uh, out of these situations, you know, uh, and humans are incredibly uh, innovative and brilliant and, and resilient, you know, when, when, when things go the way they shouldn't go or that we expect, yep. expect to go, it is kind of neat to see how we can figure it out. And I, I just think about this, this kind of communications revolution where we're doing all digital meetings these days. Now, whether we like it or not, it's just, just think about that for a moment, how much time we spent, um, you know, meeting people person in, you know, in face-to-face, which has amazing benefits, of course, but the efficiencies of doing business are totally different now when we can have this technology that's been around forever, but now the whole world has said, yes, we're, we're going to communicate this way. We're not going to slow down. I love seeing those, you know, those massive shifts that just happen naturally so quickly. And think about masks, you know, I'm just wearing this thing right now around like a scarf. (laughs) But like, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, the first time I went to, uh, to uh, the candy store to to get some beer, uh, (laughs) it was the first place I went into my very first establishment. And I put a, I put a mask on (laughs) and this is before masks were mandatory. And, uh, I put a mask on. I felt so weird because I was the only one with a mask and it, just, it was still weird. And I went, and I went yeah. to the grocery store right after and I was wearing it because my wife's a physician and we have to be extra careful at our house because of the vulnerable people that she's connected with. And it just felt weird. But then what, two weeks later, it was a cultural norm. It's yeah. just amazing how <laughs> things change, you know, and we can take advantage of that, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I and think- I think how much quicker 
did our kids, I mean, my kids are a bit older, but when I would drive to work in the morning and see the kids standing at the bus, all wearing masks, there's no parent standing there telling them to put it on. There's no teacher standing there telling them to put it on. The kids just adapted and accepted it. And I think we're joined in on that so much, so much quicker than we did. And are sort of an example to us that like, yeah, we're, we're a little slower to learn the new tricks, but uh, we can learn a little bit from kids and just be like, oh, this is our new normal. We're just going to do this. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And even like it, just uh, to um, riff off that mask idea, even just like now, it's, you know, like they wear a champion mask and like now like there's a brand and like it's just funny, like a mask now has, and I even noticed, oh, this one feels better and it fits yeah. on my face better. And I, when I, cause I see, I don't know what it is. Maybe I got a big chin or something, but every time I talk, it seems to go down past my yeah. nose. I try to find <laughs> one that'll stay up. Um, I, you know, for people that don't know about, um, the United Way in uh, Greater St. John in Charlotte County, um, it, it does things differently, right? And, and the tagline when we first got involved, I remember hearing was that it really resonated. This is not your grandfather's or grandmother's United Way, uh, meaning that it's not just an organization that just grants money to, to uh, charities. And you have a process, and we've talked about another podcast, but I just think it's worth repeating a process to um, you know, before you, you, you give an organization money to do its good work, it has to be able to show the impact that that money's having and their mandate is, is uh, like whether it's literacy, like, um, and, and I, I was just thinking that I was just going to mention, you mentioned Beamy Kids, I think yep. earlier. Um, that's a great example of, of a resilient organization that I believe um, initially came to you and wasn't at a place where they could show the impact they were having initially when they, they, they came with an application for support from United Way. Um, but rather than give up, they, they continued on and then became successful like the next year or the year after. Um, you know, I just, if we use those and, and maybe talk a little bit about what they do and them as an example of an organization that you will fund and, and the example of um, not giving up, and this is pre-pandemic, by the way, but not giving up at like when you didn't, when they, they you know, in a sense failed, and I know you wouldn't use that language to get, to get approval. Um, you know, the, the, um, you know, what they, what they did to, to then become um, a partner to the United Way. Yeah, absolutely. When Beamy Kids is a relatively a new organization in St. John, it hasn't been around for, for that long. And when they originally came to us and talked about getting funding, there were a lot of meetings, um, you know, we, with, any, with, with anybody who comes looking for funding, we talk to them about the, the priority areas so that, that organizations understand that we have done our research. We work closely with Living SJ, who's, you know, helped to decide, help us figure out what are our priorities so we can all kind of be in the same uh, boat uh, rowing together. And so for us, we really are focused on reducing poverty, breaking the cycle of domestic violence, helping kids, and uh, ensuring access to mental health. So that's kind of the first conversation we always have is, are, are you aligned with those priorities? Mm -hmm. And uh, I know with Beamy Kids, uh, when they came, uh, one of the things we wanted, like you said, we wanted to say is, okay, well, how do you know this program works? And it, it can't just be anecdotal. That's what a lot of nonprofits for so many years have just relied on the anecdotal um, evidence because they're hearing those good positive stories. It makes them feel good. It makes them, you know, feel like they're doing good things. But in order for that sustainability and for that long-term funding, we, we really need to be able to show whose life is better off because of this program uh, in a real uh, analytical way. 
So we, we worked very closely with BB Kids. A, a lot of uh, Missy, who's the executive director, could attest to it. Lots of meetings, lots of reviewing the applications. And that's something that we offer to all of our funded partners. But I think the other piece is, um, the other piece of it is that we, we also offer support afterwards. So throughout this pandemic, for example, we've talked to a, a few organizations that we really identified in those conversations that they needed a little bit of extra help or could benefit from. And so we're currently offering coaching to four organizations, to their executive directors, um, just checking in with them every two weeks, helping them think through whether it's a small COVID related issue or whether it's sort of a bigger scale issue. And, and those are the types of things because United Way doesn't just give you money, but we really want to be the wraparound support for those organizations to make sure the organizations themselves are strong as well. So we've done all sorts of other things aside from just the, the funding that we do, but also the things like the coaching. And we've just wrapped up a, a four week, a two actually four week sessions that we did in conjunction with the United Way and PEI um, called a soaring beyond COVID-19, like a four week work workshop series to really help people think through and strategize about what they learned and how, how we can move forward and what things we should stop doing and what things we should start doing, you know, sort of, cause I think we've all had those moments through this uh, pandemic of what's really truly important to us. And for a nonprofit, it's their clients and the needs of their clients. And I think it's become really clear during this time what are those critical things and what are those things that people were doing, you know, they were doing, but they really weren't adding any value and they really weren't leading towards those outcomes. So I think there's been a lot of really great learning and, and I'm, I'm glad that United Way has been able to be there to, to help support some of that learning within this time as well, as well as providing funding. We, we just added up our numbers the other day because in addition to our normal funding, which is about a million dollars a year, in the last nine months, we've given out $900,000 in emergency funding. So we've almost doubled the money that we give out in the community this year, which is, which is pretty phenomenal. And all that money, you know, and I always like to say, like to say the caveat is that the majority of that money was all for COVID planning. So it was all helping people with the incremental costs that they were experiencing, whether it was PPE or whether it was you know, needing an extra classroom to divide things up um, or online programming or paying for the Zoom memberships. It was really incremental costs. So our, our regular campaign still needs to be there for the for next year, right, to make sure that those organizations can still keep running. But, uh, you know, if United Way wasn't here in the community, that that nine hundred thousand dollars may not have made it to this community. So it's pretty awesome. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Well, and the other thing is, and Greg and I would feel the same way as as um, 
you know, sponsors um, and, you know, and, or, and companies that give to the United Way. It's really, and I, I think maybe it's a testament to the work you guys do and is the fact that your people are stepping up and filling gaps. When, I mean, I feel like through our million dollar pledge efforts, um, we've, we've maintained, you know, we, we had a couple of people follow up because they're in sectors that really got hammered hard, but, but everyone else has stayed the course. Um, and, you know, it feels good to know you're giving to an organization that's finding the needs in, in the community and can, can, and still not taking their eye off, the fact that the, the 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 agencies like Beamy Kids or whoever it may be has to show that they're um, you know how they're having an impact, and that's really important as a someone who's donating money. So to be able to share that with people, I just think it's such an important message because it's not just you're investing, and you're investing in your community, and the investment you know it has an impact and it's being measured. And I just I just. I keep I keep on talking about it because I think a lot of people don't understand that and I'm and and to want to give is great but to know that you're giving and it's and it's being earmarked and directed in a in a impactful way is really helpful and like and and then the other thing is you know I I've introduced you to a client who I'm assuming it'll become a relationship at some point but you know I said you know here's someone you can trust you know Alexa's not going to try to pull you in and you know make sure you're a donor and all this kind of stuff she's going to help you in the best way she can and, and introduce you to the right people because they you know they had a little bit of a different um idea of how their organization wants to to, to give but i thought it really lined up with what you guys do which is um it's almost like like smart giving if you will yeah and i think that that's also a, a part of what we're trying to do as well as influence other funders so again it's not about how much money united way can raise obviously the more money we can raise the more organizations we can help but it's about how much we can improve the community that's our goal our mission our mandate is to make sure we have a strong healthy community and so if we're able to meet with other companies and other funders to make sure that they are employing the same level of rigor in their processes, then that just brings up the whole community. Yeah. Creates, um, creates integrity. To, yeah, creates that's integrity. Right. Yeah. But you know what? It's interesting here, Alexis, say that, hey, Greg, it doesn't matter how much United Way is raising. You know, when we were co-chairs, like I felt like there was a lot of pressure to hit these certain goals, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the like, pressure was on, but not, not from Alexia. It was mostly from the previous. Uh, it was the, from Blair Hislop. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it, it is it is really cool just to you know as you know as business leaders in this community to be involved with the United Way the way we we had been uh, Dave and through the million dollar pl- pledge but also as um, invited to be uh, campaign co chairs um, which at the end of the day it's really Alexia and her team that does all the work we're just pretty safe. Uh, and we, but- and we, we we ensured that we checked out with past chairs are you sure. Is it really like we get all the the glory and like it was like can we sign up for two years? No, no, just one year, guys. And, <laughs> and no one else, no one else showed up. So okay, we can have you for two years because there's two. Um, but outside of uh, the million dollar pledge, which if you're listening to this in Southern New Brunswick or anywhere in New Brunswick, if you want to become a member of the million dollar pledge, please do. We're uh, we've got is there ten active members in our group? Yep. Right now? Ten active members, but we could have ten more. So this is. Uh, $100,000 a year that we're, we're raising for the United Way between 10 companies. And um, just talking about us being co-chairs and volunteering a little bit of time, um, United Way can really benefit when business leaders just show up to support, maybe not even with cash, but like for volunteering and things like that. Alexi, do you want to speak to that? Uh, even though we've got people from all over the place listening, 
Uh, they all have their they, they, they United can, Way equivalents, right? You can get money from other places too. It doesn't, you know, like, you, <laughs> yeah. listen, you might, you know, a lot of people want to live in New Brunswick these days. They might want to That's right. give to give to a New Brunswick organization that's just helping this wonderful, relatively COVID-free place. Yeah, we do have this. We do have some, actually some really strong supporters from elsewhere in Canada that, that I think lit, at one time lived here or have business here and, know that our needs are great, but also that um, I think believe in the work that United Way is doing. Um, I think it's interesting, I was on a call this morning and we were talking about volunteering that came up as one of the topics because of course, this is the time of year, right? It, this is the time of year where everybody starts thinking about, you know, who can I donate to? Who can I volunteer? How can I, how can I show, you know, how can I be feel good about all that I have by making sure that I'm helping other people in the community? And so that's come up a lot. And, and one of the things that we're definitely trying to communicate out to people is it volunteering in particular in a traditional sense is definitely more difficult and more complicated this year because of COVID. Most of the places that are having volunteers and have to be very limited about having people from outside in because it just, you know, they have to follow all the protocols and it's an introducing another person into a pod. So some of that traditional stuff is is not going to happen this year. And so we're really encouraging people to think of volunteering in a more broad community sense in helping, whether it's helping your neighbor, helping your community, you know, as we're, you know, stuck in orange here in, in, in southern New Brunswick, um, there's lots of people um, that could use a helping hand or a neighbor that might need some groceries or those types of things. So to really just think of it in a broader sense and how we can sort of help everybody can help one another. And I think um, also to, to consider, and you hear this all the time, whether you're donating to a food bank or a toy drive, um, people love to do that. People that, you know, you feel good, you get a hit of endorphin when you drop off that box of cereal. I know I do the same thing. Um, but this year for sure is a great year to consider making those donations, a mo like a monetary donation instead. Uh, first of all, most organizations that you're giving to can do more with a monetary donation. If we use the food bank example, you can take two boxes of cereal, but if you were to give them that $10, you know, they would probably be able to buy four boxes of cereal. Um, so I think this is a year for sure on an individual level for people to think about giving um, a monetary donation rather than trying to figure out, you know, where, where can I donate a toy or a turkey or a, you know, or a box of cereal, but how can I make that? That's going to be an easier uh, COVID friendly, I think, transaction. And obviously, if people are not sure where to give, you know, I think one of the things we talk about at United Way is we're always here when people support United Way, you aren't just supporting the community at Christmas time or during the holidays, but, you know, really are supporting people throughout the whole year. Um, and that makes their 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 holiday better because they've had that support throughout the, the whole year and are potentially have the op option to move out of poverty or to leave a domestic violence situation or to get their mental health uh, in a better place. You know, all those things are being addressed throughout the year. So we're always happy, ha happy to receive donations or to help people to direct them to, you know, something that's more, you know, dear to their heart. Just give us a call. And, and they can donate online as well, I would expect. Yeah. How yeah. do they do that? What's, uh, they, they, they can go to our website, which is uh, unitedwaystjohn.com and donate on our website or they can send e-transfers. You know, they can send it by carrier pigeon if they want. We'll accept it. Oh my gosh, Dave, we got to try that. I've, I've always <laughs> wanted to try to send something by tying money to a bird and just letting it go and seeing if it would actually land at the United Way office. Do you want to try okay. this? Let's start, with some, let's start with some Monopoly money and see if we're <laughs> yeah. successful. 
Well, this is great. Um, Alexia, I know you've got a meeting to, to hit. So thank you so much for coming on and, and updating us. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we should make this a regular part of a uh, regular segment of the Boiler Point, you know, every quarter. That'd be great. I wanted to share this quote, actually, that I that I uh, that I recently read from Steve Maraboli, and uh, it says, "Life doesn't get easier or more forgiving. We just become stronger and more resilient." Mm-hmm. And I think that, to me, that sums up what we're talking about. Whether it's you know from an individual level, but in particular, what we're seeing in our community of the nonprofit organizations that are, you know, going to work every day to make sure that those services are there for the people, the most vulnerable in our community. And, and that's uh, what's most important. That was a great quote. Can you believe that Alexa used to get nervous about doing podcasts? <laughs> no, impossible. She, she I didn't know that. She's a pro now. Well, she told you me. You are she, such she, a pro. Maybe yeah. she's exaggerating before. <laughs> well, like, she's ending on quotes and we're like, geez, I, I know. know. Get a quote. I, I was just thinking in my head, I was like, we should ask every guest to bring a quote with them. Yeah. What a bad idea. Can you call it the Alexia moment? Yes, we will. Hey, we okay. can do that. We could we could take that. Yeah. I love it. I Actually, love it. You could sponsor it if you want. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. It's the United Way moment. Okay. Let's not make it about Alexia. Let's make it about United Way. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all that you and the team are doing. And um, thanks for joining us on here today on The Boiling Point. Okay. Right back at you guys. Thanks for your ongoing support and you're helping us continue to spread the message about all the great work of United Way. Awesome. Have a good one. See you you too. Too. Right. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind what she said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.